Thank you, Zaidan, and uh, greetings, uh, friends and colleagues, ladies and gentlemen. I have been warned that Zaidan actually runs a very tight ship, and he will cut me off immediately at 20 minutes, but I've also been warned that if I finish early, maybe at about 15 minutes, I have to make up the, f the extra five minutes by telling jokes. Um, I'll therefore try to, try to make it dead on 20 minutes. Um, thank you to the organisers for asking me to, to speak this afternoon, uh, and a lesser thank you for asking me to speak first, or to kick off first, bearing in mind that the Rugby World Cup is being played overseas at the moment. When these words were written by uh, Susan and Amelie back in 1993 in their very provocative book, From Sardis to Samarkand, um, this was pretty straightforward. And there's no doubt that they were correct when they said that what the new Hellenistic cities in the East looked like was really impossible or very difficult to sort out because of the incompleteness, non-publication or impossibility of excavation of the Hellenistic levels. Not a lot has changed since then. We had some opportunities, uh, as I'll come to in a second, but even they, I, I'm sure, didn't realise the massive effect of the chaos that we've seen in the Middle East over the last five to ten years. Chaos that at the wonderful Hellenistic site, for example, or the early Hellenistic site of Ay Khanum in Afghanistan, on the northeast Afghanistan, that's what it looked like in 1978. This is what it looked like in 2001. Absolutely pockmarked, and of course, this was the territory of the Northern Alliance, both uh, pockmarked because everyone was treasure hunting, and of course, also because there were multiple gun emplacements within Ay Khanum itself. I've had personal experience of this, and I certainly don't want to kidnap this. Uh, talk with a discussion of our excavation in Syria, but especially after what Robert Buley said today, I want to just spend five images, or show you about five images about what we've, or what's happened to us, and again, a perfect Hellenistic site, the so-called Jebel Khalid on the Euphrates, as you can see marked in red up here, whoopsie daisy, backwards, here on the, just after the big bend of the Euphrates. A wonderful one-period site, pure Hellenistic, and even different from what Robert uh, showed us this morning of Europus. It has nothing underneath it and nothing over, uh, over above. There's no Parthian or no uh, Roman levels as there are in Dura. So from the start, from possibly Seleucus I, abandoned uh, at the end of the Hellenistic period. So in other words, a one-period site. Already over the past, well, since the 80s, we began with, as you can see, excavated various areas there in, indeed. Throughout the site, it's about 50 hect hectares. And the promise was certainly of a lot more to come. But of course, what has happened is the absolute chaos at our home city, Aleppo, uh, which is only an hour and a half drive from Jebel Khalid, meant that it has been impossible to return since 2010. Now. We understand that, in fact, our storerooms have been absolutely ransacked and stolen and destroyed, uh, all the objects destroyed. Even worse, in fact, uh, the site has had heavy digging equipment moved onto it, and from what I understand, it's possibly in much the same condition as we get from Dura Europus, which isn't too far down the, the river from where we are. Uh, I'll be very interested to see, in fact, whether uh, air, there are air photos of what our site looks like uh, at the moment. This of course is the material damage and that's bad enough. 
But to my mind, and I think to all of our minds, there's a lot worse. This is us in, in happier days with our wonderful dig foreman, uh, dig driver, dig cook, dig, dig everything, uh, Mustafa Shadlidi. Uh, over the past few months, he sent us a series of emails. And although the English may be fractured, the meaning is very clear indeed. Uh, the last one, he sent an attachment. This is my home. This is the same home in which I and members of the team, and there are three of us as co-directors, have had many a long afternoon or long evening with his son, with his wife and the rest of his family. In fact, his son, uh, as you saw in the last email now, with a, a terribly wounded arm, uh, in my physician part of my life, I was negotiating to set him up to study medicine at Sydney University, and I was almost there, but he's decided, in fact, to stay with his family. Um, his family were delightful, and, of course, it's now all gone, especially as this was the last line of his email. This, of course, is the other side of things. So not only do we have to worry about the conservation uh, and protecting the past, but it's the terrible message that we get in trying to protect the people. What we've tried to do at Jebel Hullard, and this is very little, is send him, uh, Mustafa, circuitously at least some funding, which is harder than you think, but we can get there, but also at least push out very quickly over the last four or five years uh, the additions, the various publications of the dig. We're not going to let these guys beat us. We're going to get these publications out uh, and make sure that the past at least is predicted in such as this. We have four out already and the fifth is in press. Now, um, this is not a, a commercial break, Robert, <laughs> but I do point out this is what we're trying to do. And I, I hopefully, after this, I can now turn myself back to uh, Pella, the Hellenistic Pella, and hopefully it'll come out, uh, Hellenistic Pella will come out in the same series, Metatark, as we put out these books. Let's then, whoopsie daisy, let's then lead on to Pella, and uh, we're after the publication of Jebel Hullard, where I'll be then spending our time. And uh, I certainly don't want to go through the history. I apologise for no image of Robert H. Smith. I can't believe it, uh, the number of talks I've had with him. And I looked through all my, uh, my images. I was stupid enough not to do a, take a selfie at the time. Couldn't find one, one of him and couldn't find any images on the internet. Um, there is a Robert Smith, in fact, at the College of Worcester who's in the Department of Economics and Commerce. And I was almost going to slip his image in. But I'm sure some of these you, uh, sharp-eyed guys in the audience, you Americans and Barbara Porter there and others would have called me for the fraud that I am. So I decided to leave it out. Pella, as you know, is a multi-period site and as a result, if we're trying to dig, excavate one of those periods, it's certainly very challenging indeed. If we want to search in, in search, go in search of Hellenistic Pella, maybe even more challenging because it really lies beautifully between the, the early Bronze Age and the, the later Islamic period, but that shouldn't stop us from trying. There are a number of forts outside Pella, and my colleague Pam Watson, I think, will discuss these in a little bit more detail. No, you say no, you won't. You <laughs> You'll point them out, yes, um, which we haven't fully explored yet, but they do seem to be uh, of Hellenistic date, and at least they're not sandwiched between Bronze and, uh, and Islamic period. One, of course, is Wadi Hammer to the, the north, the Hammer Fort, as you can see up there. And this is the trace of the wall 
the late Anthony McNichol traced it, did some basic shirting and picked up, amongst other things, those small ballista balls, as you can see with the varying weights there, and you can see the trace of the walls running along here. And the shirts he did pick up uh, suggest, in fact, early Seleucid period, so in other words, after 200 BC, but this yet awaits to be confirmed. Uh, the trace itself, to me, could be even slightly earlier, but this is something we have in the future. Another fort in visual, uh, in view of the Wadi Hammer fort is right up here on Jebel Sataba, right up the top, where Bob Smith, in fact, uh, sounded very early on when uh, we were still working with the College of Worcester before they stopped in 1985. Uh, you can see a much more regular plan, uh, and it's interesting the walls, if anything, don't appear to be finished. It looks as though it was incomplete, but the soundings he did certainly showed pottery, Hellenistic pottery, courseware, which to my eyes, I'm satisfied, are in the late Hellenistic period. Again, that awaits proper investigation. But so far, it's really been the mound itself which we've been, look been looking more closely at. This is just to show you how the forts are all in sight line of each other, in fact, and of Tel Husson there. So Sartaba, uh, Wadi Hammer and Tel Husson over there and the view you get from Sartava looking across the uh, Jordan Valley into the Israelan Valley and the Vale of Jezreel just there. I should point out this, that this image you'll see very often, of course Pam will be showing it too, is uh, what Pella, the main mound at Pella and this is Tel El Husson, but the main mound at Pella looked like before excavation and I remember very clearly staying at the uh, at the American Colony Hotel in Jerusalem and happening to be talking to Helen, uh, Helen Horatio and, and Horatio, Val and Horatio Vesta, the, uh, the proprietors at the time, and saying we're about to start work at, uh, at Pella. And they said, well, that's a real tragedy. It's such a lovely site as it is. I'm sure you archaeologists will absolutely muck it up. Um, decide when I show you uh, uh, the excavator pillar as to whether they are correct or not. Um, on the main mound itself, that is... Uh, here, this one here. I don't want to go through it trench by trench, but just to demonstrate that three plots uh, in these three areas have all very similar archaeological material. From the simplest plot, which we excavated very early on in the 1979-1980 seasons, right on the edge of the mound, so up here, the main mound, the southern edge of the mound, a very simple two-room two plastered structure to a somewhat more complicated plot uh, excavated by the College of Worcester, by Bob Smith, uh, in fact, very strategically cutting off our driveway up to the mound itself, just across there. Um, not fully published, but there was enough published for us to, to know a, a lot about the Hellenistic period or the material found from there. And then a later one, close to where Funk and Richardson put their original exploratory trench in 1958 uh, in Area 23, again, the Hellenistic levels right down the bottom. All domestic, as you can see there, and uh, coming back up to here. In fact, the material is all very consistent. In fact, there's nothing that I can determine that's earlier here uh, than, say, the early 2nd century BCE, and it all ends, as I'll mention in a minute, round about 80 BCE, give or take. The usual uh, Rhodian amphorae, the usual courseware, uh, jugs, uh, lamps, uh, and the wonderful black, and, uh, black, black glazeware, often with a wonderfully 
well demarcated central red extension and of course eastern sigillata aware as well. What we get consistently then through on the main mound is that all, the, all these trenches, all the Hellenistic trenches end in a very thick destruction level. Um, this level has been usually uh, regarded as being as a result of the work of the expansionist uh, Hasmonean King Alexander Janaeus and has generally been regarded as being destroyed at 80 to uh, 83, 82 BC. But in the last couple of seasons, we've, I, we've got right from the middle of the destruction level one uh, well enough preserved coin. This is actually uh, not the, the coin we get. This is just to show you what it would have looked like if it uh, hadn't been in the destruction level. This is the actual coin, but there's enough detail for our numismicists to work from that that was one of the relatively uncommon uh, Type 5 Alexander Janaeus Year 25 coins, as you can see. If that's so, that would push the traditional date of the destruction back by four or five years to around about, say, 80, 79 or even 78 BCE. This is fairly consistent with what Josephus tells us in the Jewish antiquities. As you can see there, what he clearly tells us is that Pella was actually destroyed, not just captured, but destroyed, because, as he says, the inhabitants did not promise to change to the national customs of the Jews. And certainly, after that destruction level, we have none on the main mound, no first or second century CE, in other words, no early Roman uh, material whatsoever. And you can see the, the levels from later, Byzantine, early Islamic, which again, you can see when digging a multi-period site, how difficult it is uh, to, to get down on any decent Hellenistic material uh, in any great breadth. And of course, how lucky we were then in that case uh, in Jebel Halad in Syria before the rot set in. But the message is that after the Janaeus destruction, there is no first or second uh, uh, century early Roman material on the mound itself, which doesn't quite make sense when we think of Pella's history in the early Roman period. And of course we therefore have to look from the main mound to this very obvious mound itself, Tel Husen, up here. Tel Husen certainly already has some very impressive complexes, an early Bronze Age complex still under investigation, which is going back at least into the fourth early, uh, into the fourth, late fourth millennium uh, BC. Uh, it, we also have the Byzantine complex, one of Pam's favourite complexes, from the 6th and 7th centuries CE, destroyed, uh, if I'm correct, by an earthquake in 659 uh, CE. So, we have now started to look at the top of Husen itself and we've struck gold, I guess you could say, as regards to this particular plot, 34B, on the, the north, on, on the southwest side, where underneath a very nicely paved surface, which is probably, uh, is also early Roman, we do have, we get right onto an early Roman phase itself. Only fairly simple domestic, it would seem, architecture at that stage, but we do get from the material, both from the so-called Herodian lamps, which probably really come in right at the end of Herod the Great's reign, plus some very typical uh, Roman cookware, and in early Roman cookware, and, uh, and in fact jars, um, material which is certainly consistent with this period. And that, of course, would explain uh, a lot, because it would explain how 
we have over the years excavated several Roman tombs which in their earliest material go back to at least 100, the first, late first century uh, CE. And it would also explain why it would seem that Pella started its coinage in the year of Domitian, as you can see the date there, at a time, again, when we have no, um, when we have nothing on the main mound itself. It's possible that Josephus uh, had two bob each way in that he did, on the one hand, say that Pella was destroyed, but in the Jewish war, he actually said that uh, the Janaeus captured Pella and doesn't actually mention a destruction itself. We do have a destruction level, and this is to go fairly quickly, on the, uh, on the, Mount, on the Tel Husen, but in fact, it's a destruction level dated by Rodian handles and coins to the late third century. We have a coin which we can't quite decide whether it's Ptolemy IV or Ptolemy V. Either of these ones uh, if this destruction level, or it could be linked with the unsuccessful attempt by Antiochus III in 217 to seize control of the southern Levant, he failed, but of course in the reign of Ptolemy V he succeeded and all uh, the southern Levant came under Seleucid control. There is underneath uh, the destruction level more uh, third century material, but then under that early bronze. Again, this would be consistent with what the 6th uh, century writer Stephanos Byzantinos tells us that Pella at one stage was known as Berenike and the options for who this might be are down on the right side, but certainly Ptolemaic. This would also be consistent with what we know from Beth Shan across the way uh, in, in sight, visual sight from where we are, which now seems to have been founded during the, second uh, during the, the third century BC during the reign of Ptolemy II before the, the population moved off the main mound to Tel Estaba during the beginning of the second. So the, in summary the last slide I have I guess the last image is that we now have enough evidence to suggest that at least up here uh, we have a foundation from one of the Ptolemies possibly Ptolemy I or II probably almost certainly a garrison and for years we've been getting leaching out in non-contexts these Athenian lamps dating from this time, Howland type 25A, which Susan Rotroff has given these dates. It's a lamp type I know very well because I do do the lamps in northern Greece at our uh, Sydney University site at Tyrone. And North Greece, uh, Tyrone is full of these Howland 25 lamps. So do we in fact have evidence for earlier uh, Found, whoops, earlier foundations than. Just for now. Yep, early, earlier foundations than, than so far we've discovered. Seleucus is a possible candidate, even Alexander himself. But the question is, and the problem is, that overlying this, we have this wonderful Byzantine complex with its very impressive Byzantine walls, as you can see. The question, therefore, is, and this also comes back to preserving the past, do we, in fact, record and then remove the Byzantine complex? And there's no way that Pamela Watson would let me do that, and neither we should, because it's a highly impressive complex indeed. Or, in fact, do we record 
the Byzantine complex, preserve it, and never really find out, because we've got very little room to work on, whether there is any early material there. It's one of the great, great conundrums of archaeology, and it still remains a conundrum as far as I think. Thank you. Thank you, John. This is very, very interesting uh, presentation indeed. As far as I know, an archaeological site consists of a tell or a small site or something. But a site like a very huge site consists of many tells. I mean, Pella is the only site which I know of this type. We have time for discussion. We have five minutes time for discussion. Well, thanks very much. This is very interesting. Um, I just want to make a, s s a short comment. I'm, uh, is Bob Smith still alive? I hope he is. I, I I, I'm unaware that he's died, and I, I would like to contact him very much for a number of reasons. Yes. Uh, in fact, I was the one who brought Bob Smith and Basil Hennessy together oh. to team up and work at Bella. And I was very glad that this cooperation took place uh, back in the late 70s of the last century. My question is, is the early Roman, the first, second century AD, missing on the southern section of the main uh, Bella Tell, or is it also in the north? Hmm. So far on the main tell, we've really only concentrated our activity on the, on the southern part. And of course, we've done virtually nothing on the northern part. It could possibly be that we have material there from the early Roman period that we just haven't, haven't come across. And this is all, again, the problem of such a big, as you know, any well, a very big site such as Pella, uh, we're only working in limited uh, areas. So we don't find it anywhere on the southern part. The northern part we haven't explored, and as far as I'm aware, I've never heard of or known any, for example, definite early Roman material which has been lying around, say, in the north side that might be on the north part of the till that might be washed up again, Herodian lamps or what have you. It may be that we just haven't dug in the right area, uh, but it's certainly at least we know now it appears on the, the Tel Husson. And as Bob Smith uh, mentioned, a couple of sondages in the civic complex where the forum would have been also revealed early Roman material. But until recently, the water table has been too high in the wadi for us to be able to dig there. Thank you, sir, for your uh, lecture. But I will start when you finished with uh, a problem when you said record and remove and preserve, in line with our main aim of this conference to protect the past and regard the Byzantine complex. Always archaeologists, they are doing this huge problem. They are removing and they are, you know, because they have the passion to Iron Age or they have the passion to Hellenistic or they have the passion to Islamic uh, material, they will remove the other material. Of course, if you are, we are the safe, we are the guardians. If we want to save to preserve without set of ethics as archaeologists, 
how we can proceed in removing a Byzantine complex in one of the important sites because I have passion to preserve and to present the Hellenistic period. But we have to seek for another options. Why to, why to remove? Maybe I can do some cut sections. Maybe I can use virtual reality nowadays to present my site rather to go to remove a site or a part of a site. In the meanwhile, I am raising the issue of protecting the bust. Thank you, sir. Yes, look, uh, point well taken. I wanted to say more about that, but Zaidan gave me the, le the letter saying one minute. Um, and exactly right, if someone is directing a dig and has a passion for the Bronze Age, or in the old days, biblical archaeology, the top levels would go bang, that was it. Should it be, and I only put this out, should it be almost a question of, of dig directors in the various digs in North Jordan, say, getting together and making sure that we've got good examples of each uh, period being preserved rather than if you happen to have dig directors each being keen in the Bronze Age, we get all the earlier stuff being knocked off. I mean, I just put that out there, but, but I fully agree with you. I just, I'm just wondering how one can get around that. Yes. Again, it may be that we're just digging in the wrong place because Bell is such a huge site. Again, it may be under the Byzantine complex on, uh, on Tel Husson. We had hoped that we might encounter it uh, in the, the area of the East Church, which is on the east side of the mound, but our excavations there haven't encountered anything that looks like a Hellenistic temple. I mean, it must be around, and I assume we just haven't found it. We've, I mean, it's not as though we could have mistaken what we have found for... Uh, and, and just ignore or miss the fact that it was. We just haven't found that sort of building at all so far.